Welcome back to the second week of season two. Two. We're episode three, right? Yeah, I think it, so. It's Maybe hard. it's the third week. It, Sorry. It's hard to to get those, like, you know, lining up right since we had three weeks of re-recording. So, I think we're on episode three. I think we're really, we're back on schedule just to be knocked off a of schedule again. Uh, sorry, <laughs> don't make me the bad guy. No, this is this will be our last episode for the. It will be for the month of July. Yeah. Wow. Somebody's going to the beach. Mm. That somebody's is me. I'm not, I don't. I'm not sorry. <laughs> One bit. <laughs> but you're you're going somewhere before that. Well, I am. I'm going to Legacy Youth Conference in Montgomery, Alabama. Is there a way that you're going to be like, will you be like recorded? Yes. Nice. Yep. You know, where could we find you? I don't know. Really? Probably, Probably on their YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. 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 I'll be, my class will be recorded and then also my keynote session. Awesome. Will be recorded as well. That's so exciting. You're going to be famous. Excuse my yod. No, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But anyway... Yeah, so I'm going to Montgomery, Alabama, and then Sunday, either Saturday night or Sunday morning, I'm going to go to Florida. Sorry, Jackson's making fun of me because I'm moving my hamware, but I just realized how terrible my fingernails look. <laughs> <laughs> that has snuck up on me. Uh, i to cut those tonight. That's but right. anyway, enough for the TMI. Jackson, tell us about... What's been going on in your life? I've had a very eventful last week. A lot of bamboozling. A lot of uh, just being ghosted, hung after dry. But it's all had a happy ending. It has. Because I am finally in my new action rig. Got clean today. Ah, it's very pretty. It is very pretty. Very nice. It's, uh, it's... We're moving up in the world, everyone. I'm not convinced that he didn't wreck that Ranger on purpose <laughs> just so he could get away from driving it. Uh, it's crazy. You turn around and like you find out there's not a black back window. Like right there, you got to like lean all the way back to touch it because you have a whole row of seating. It's pretty great. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's definitely been the highlight of the week. Uh, that and um, oh, man, it's just been a great week, really. I don't have anything like crazy else to say. Um. Although Dylan over there's got a lot. Not really. Well, I mean, you got a lot of eventful things. You got to see your your niece's first birthday. I did. Well, actually, it was her fourth birthday, but first one I've ever got to attend. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I was in Mexico the day she was born, and then all three birthdays after that have been planned while I've been in Mexico. And so this was my first year. Of course, we went to Mexico back in March. Was it March? Well, April, I think so. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And... Um, so this year was my first year getting to go. So that was fantastic. It was so fun. Um, and now me and Whitney get to go to Nashville to go shopping. That's Aww. her birthday gift. Well, she got a friendship bracelet kit. Oh. But um, we're going to go to Nashville and go to Build-A-Bear and Disney and all that stuff. I said, you can get whatever you want. She goes, anything? Well, goes. I was like, anything. Oh, that's so cute. So that's gonna be so cute. Just get a little little GoPro. We're gonna spend the day. Aw. So what a good uncle pickles. Um 
And yeah, Jackson said a lot of bamboozling. Uh-huh. A lot of it was my own fault. Uh, we you won't can't, go into that. Can't. Um, know that. But it all worked out in the end. It did for most people. <laughs> um, but uh, and then, of course, like I said, we're leaving in the morning, or I'm leaving in the morning to go to Legacy. I don't really know. Sleepy I don't know why boy. I'm tired. I was off work today. That's Sleepy ridiculous. <laughs> but um, don't really know what to expect there. I have high expectations. I know what it used to be. It was my favorite trip of the whole year. I agree. was Inspire, which has now turned to Legacy. So I'm sure it'd be great, but I do. I miss going to Inspire. Oh, it was awesome. It was amazing. It was awesome. For those who don't know, Inspire is just a... Well, not even Inspire anymore, but Inspire was held at Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama. And, I mean, just as a kid, you just stayed in, like, these dorms, and you thought that was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. You thought it was super cool. We had, like, seven. Uh, it wasn't seven. It was, like, five hours of free time. And, I mean, you loved every minute of it. You could have went, take a nap, or you went to the gym, and you played basketball for five hours. It didn't matter. You had a session in the morning, session at night, classes after first session. It was great. Chapel after so often. Mm-hmm. Ah, it was so cool. And what was you your favorite even... part of Inspire, do you think? Me? Oh, yeah. man. I really liked, I either liked just like the nightlife, because I, I don't know, I just something felt different about it. Like just being able to like hang out in your room and then go to somebody else's room or like chill out in the lobby and just watch the office till really late at night or something like that. Right. Or I really just like the, the Bible building that had like where the Bible classes are. I think that's just such a cool place. Like oh, if I, I if I went to class there, like that's such a cool like little area. You Are you teaching in those classrooms? Yeah, I'm teaching in there. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. At those... chapel, in chapel, in the old chapel. Oh, in chapel. Really too. Oh, cool. Where are you doing the screen then? There, they have one in there now. Oh, cool. Okay, good so. deal. But yeah, d- definitely just like those kind of things. They're oh, so yeah. cool. What about you? I don't know. I mean, I went... Did I go three years? I either went two or three years. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. But I, you just get so close to the people while you're there. I, I just like that. I know. I so even the last year, which I know wasn't your favorite year, but it kind of turned into my favorite year. It was still really fun. Last yeah. Last year, it was a little... It started out rough. It, it was a little rough. There was a couple bumps in the road. But honestly, it turned out... I loved it. It turned out great. We had we won the Jamboree that year. Of course. Because everybody else's was terrible. Yeah, we had a whole skit. Everything. We and Jackson fought. Yeah, costume, makeup. Twiced. Twiced. <laughs> but we had re- rehearsals. It was great. That one girl that we were with... That was our, uh, what was her name? Uh, I follow her on Instagram. I do too. She goes to lots of concerts. <laughs> she does. Yeah. That is so true. Um, she was like, she was a Faulkner student. And so like, at the time, well, I think she had just graduated. But she was like, in it. Kelly. Kelly. Kelly, if you're listening, we love you. We're not I'm, making fun of you. I really hope it's Kelly. But I think, it, I'm pretty sure it's Kelly. That sounds so true. Why are you, you telling know, that? I'm going to look Libby Darty. Shout out to Libby tried to convince me that she was the one while we were there. Kelly. Kelly Engel. Was, yep, yeah. Kelly Engel. And okay. she was like, Dylan, this is meant to be, you just found your wife. And I'm like, this was like the day we met. Not me and Libby. Me and Libby go way back. But the day me and Kelly met. And I was like, Libby, 
I met this girl approximately 45 minutes ago. And she goes, I just feel it. She's the one. She was not the one. So, I mean, she could be, I guess, but I don't think so. Hopefully but, um, Kelly's listening. And, it's not, and I'm not bashing Kelly at all. I think Kelly's wonderful. But, um, yeah, she was, me and her led our group. Okay, mostly her led the group to victory. And I was there. Yeah. But it was great. So she's like a wedding coordinator. Oh, absolutely. Like that's definitely how it was like illustrated. Like she, she like kept all the ducks in a row. My favorite part was the night we had night rehearsal in the gym mm-hmm. in that classroom. And it was like a million degrees in there. And we we're all like sweating and we're like, Kelly, we're done. <laughs> and she was like, we are not done. <laughs> and you're like, yes, we're ma'am. not done. Okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We're, we're going to go back and. I was so sweaty. Five, six, seven, eight. I, I tell you what, I think my favorite part was the last night when we all gather in the chapel as a group mm-hmm. and we all cry. Yeah. That's my, I love that. That's such a good, I'm a sappy person and I just love that. Yeah. There's something about it. I've like, most people who aren't criers become criers that you night. You cried. You're yeah. not a crier. Yeah. They become criers that I know. night just because there's something about, oh, man, I miss it. I miss it. I hope it's amazing. Hope it is I too. hope you come back with so many stories. That'd be so cool. Hope it is too. But yeah, I'm chaperoning the uh, the Smithville youth group. I don't know why. I just almost said anyway. <laughs> the Smithville youth group um, already have multiple text messages from them asking if they can ride my truck on the way down there. <laughs> That's a hard no. That's a hard <laughs> no. Can't listen to Lizzo with you boys. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, it's fine. But. Anyway, so that's perfect. That's um, there you go. Full transparency for me. I'm obsessed with Lizzo. That's perfect. But anyway, I guess I'll let him ride. But listen to Amazing Grace all the way down there. Are you actually going to let him ride with me? Yeah, I reckon if they want to. Are you going to go up? Like, are you going to Smithville to like ride with him? Okay, I'm not riding with him. Well, not ride, but like follow (laughs) him. Yeah. So. Well, good. Continue. Well, good. I mean, interrupt. Oh no, that was all me. You keep going. But Inspire's great. A lot of good memories. I wish I would have went more, but I only went two years. Once with Sycamore and once with Double Springs. So, But it was funny. Our Jamboree skit, like, granted, yes, we won. But every other club, theirs was, like, Bible-focused. Oh, yeah, and I do remember that. had all these, like, deeper meaning about Biblical what was themes. going on. And we had a Guardians of the Galaxy. Th- wasn't it Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. the theme? Yeah, and, like, we... What was the... Honestly, I can't even remember the whole theme of it. I remember it was Guardians of the Galaxy, but you know, you had to like incorporate, like inspire. You had a oh, you had Sean skates. E- we were defending. <clears throat> we were defending. <laughs> we were defending Sean skates. Sean will be there. Willie, yep. oh, he wouldn't miss it for the world. Sean will be there. So you, I'm excited to actually be in the the cafeteria. Eating my breakfast when Sean comes in and goes, Good morning, Gappos. Good morning, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> that was weak. That was weak. Good morning, Gappos. Oh, man. You're gonna, you need to go down there with like some like QR codes to the, for our podcast. Just start, I could. Just start handing them out. Be like, listen to it. Give podcast. it a listen. Give it a listen. Give it a listen, guys. Come on. So Give it a listen. But anyway, back to Proverbs. I guess we'll go back to Proverbs now. <laughs> I'm just excited that we get to record new content. Yeah, honest. I know. I have no idea what Dylan's going to say here. It's quite extravagating. Well, you never have any idea because very rarely do I have notes. Yeah, true. So is very it unpreparedness? Tr- Maybe. Some people call it skill. 
Maybe so. I call it skill. Yeah. I was like, you can do that. Feel better. Well, no, everybody could do that. <laughs> Not everybody could do that. But we finally finished Proverbs 1 through 7. <laughs> it has taken us a, uh, a long time to, to complete it. I mean, f- four weeks. You know how, like, when you see in movies, like, prisoners, they'll, like, draw the tally marks on the mm. wall that's how i feel we had one of those in here <laughs> just kidding it's like with 300 tally marks that's how long it felt but hey it's okay yeah we're finally moving on and i don't know how far we're going to get today but we are picking up in verse 8 of chapter 1 and we kind of get into you know we we just finished the preface and we get into the main section of proverbs uh that begins now it ends in chapter 9 where we're going to hear a series of 10 speeches from a father to his son. And within those speeches, there's also four poems from Lady Wisdom. Uh, You know, we'll get into more of those as we run up upon them. But, you know, we also kind of see how this, the intended audience of this book is for basically everyone. It says to a father and his son, um, but I think this kind of fits the narrative really well, where it's just basically people who are reading this book, you know, we're having to make tough decisions that, in you know, this is including on how we're going to live and how we're going to run our life and how Proverbs says we should run it. You know, that's kind of the whole underlying uh, theme of Proverbs is just becoming attached to that wisdom, that fear of the Lord, so we can live uh, greatly, you know, righteously. And so um, that's how the first uh, nine chapters of Proverbs kind of sets up. And then we get into those phrases that uh, we all know and love from 10 to the rest of the book. But now we well, run upon Before you speech. go into that, you know, as Jackson said, it's, it's several um, letters, short stories from a father to his son. But if you remember, we mentioned Solomon um, last week a little bit, King Solomon. And it's also interesting, I'm not sure if you know this or not, um, Solomon, the life of Solomon, it... it I think another reason why we're we're doing this from the scene of a father to a son makes it personal because you have King Solomon and he's, you know, esteemed for some of the great things that he did. Um, but it also has a little bit of irony that makes it personal. You know, Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines, which was normal. Okay, but 700 wives and 300 concubines, but we only have on record... One son, and that's Rehoboam. Am I taking anything that you're going to say? No, no. So you, we have one yeah, son, and so it, it makes it that much more personal that, you know, that, yeah, this isn't for everybody necessarily or, or to one audience, but think about how personal that, you know, you have this king who's lived a great life, and, you know, he's had 700 wives, 300 concubines with one son. You know, think about the relationship that he's going to have with Rehoboam. And so kind of as we read these, imagine that. Imagine this is him writing to his only son. So that, that should make it personal as well. So I'll let you take it away. All right. Well, I'm just going gonna, gonna to pick up in verse 8. Uh, Hear my son and your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants uh, for your neck. Uh, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Uh, Let us ambush the innocent without reason. 
like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, uh, like those who go down to the pit. We shall uh, find all precious goods, and we shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot amongst uh, among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back to your foot from their paths, for the feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For vain is a net spread in sight of any bird. Too far. Uh-huh. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set in ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways to everyone who is greedy uh, for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. So, here we jump right into that first set of speeches I was saying of a father to the son. And he kind of jumps up first, and it's kind of funny how we talked about father and son, but he also mentions the mother. So, like... It's kind of in, you know pulling both of them together that the instruction doesn't just come from the dad. It also comes from the mom. They both have very important roles. And even you know furthering your point that it makes it that much more personal. And I think it's cool that he mentions a graceful garland uh, for your head and penitence for your neck. You know that's kind of language that we don't really speak of. Uh, I don't remember the last time I've ever said garland besides right here. Um, and you know, a garland is an extravagant looking, uh, hat or uh, it's more than a hat. It's like a headpiece, uh, with a, with a bunch of flowers, you know, it's pretty attractive to look at, you know, and it's kind of meaning that having this wisdom that he's wanting his son to take hold of is very beautiful for people to see, you know, in the eyes of others. And, you know, this is Solomon just giving every reason to chase this hokma and to choose this path of, of, uh, picking wisdom and not picking to be a fool. And we kind of reach kind of the dangers of it too, of, and it's more specifically bad company that, you know, that famous thing that you're, who you surround yourself with is who you're going to be, you know. Um, that's what Solomon is warning us of right now, you know, how powerful friendships are, uh, the powerful influence on our lives. Uh, but then he says, do not consent, uh, I mean, not even the devil can lead anyone to sin till that person consents to doing so. We might be tempted, but we're the ones that take that step. And Solomon's just warning us to not consent to these foolish actions and to choose good friends, to pick uh, who we surround ourselves with um, and how that really does um, affect our Christian walk, our walk in everyday life. You know, it makes me just think of, the paralytic man whose friends brought him to Jesus. And because of his friends, he was saved and he was made to walk again. You know, your friends are extremely important along these lines. And this is just, again, what Solomon is telling us. And then, and you just jump in whenever. I'm just kind of going down. And then we get to verse 15 where it talks about, The bird is a simple-minded creature and only sees an opportunity for food and it's oblivious to the net. You know, this is the same way for, you know, bad people, gangs that cannot see a connection between their actions and the snare or the pit they'll fall into. Um, And, you know, it's just like that. The first speech the father gives the son comes to a kind of a close of being wary of sinners, more importantly, who you surround yourself with um, so that they don't pull you away from this Hokma and encourage, and he's encouraging his son to, you know, pursue it, to stay away from 
the gangs from the bad people, bad company, bad friends, and to take the path of Hokuma. Even if it's, you know, some people might say it's not the, the fun way. I put air quotes around that. But most of the time, choosing wisdom and Hokuma means to maybe not do the quote-unquote worldly fun thing all the time and choosing that path of maybe I shouldn't go to that party or something along those lines. I was muted because I didn't want them to hear me breathe. <laughs> Even though it didn't sound like that last week, that's what I was really? convinced. No, I didn't hear myself at all. That's awesome. But I still felt like that's all I could hear in my microphone. Uh-oh. So I was okay. like, I'm done. Anyway, so let's talk about a few things here. You know, what Jackson talked about the garland and the pendants and all these things. Um, you know, let's ba- let's back up here to verse 8. You know, hear my son your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. You know, why even bring that up? Number one, here's how instruction with with our parents work. You know, when we're younger, we think they're superheroes. We think they're the coolest people in the world. Then we get a little bit older, and they're not as cool, and we really don't care what they have to say. And we, honestly, if it's for me as a teenager, I enjoy doing things for spite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just because my dad said, don't do this. And I would be like, don't tell me what to do. Oh, my. I'm going to do it anyway. That's so funny. You know, Little Dylan just, was a menace. I was a menace until <laughs> I was about 18. Oh, man. That's and awesome. so, like, he would tell me not to go somewhere. That fuels my fire. I'm going to go. You know, tell me not to be with somebody. I'm going to go pick them up. You know, <laughs> like, that's just kind of how, and, and a lot of teenagers go through that. I know it wasn't just me. Okay, but you go from thinking your parents are superheroes to uh, resenting them and being angry with them because all they're trying to do is give you some sort of structure. And then when you get older, you know, and some people, it it takes a while. You know, a lot of people go through their college years um, continuing that resent, you know, kind of go buck wild, don't really care about what mom and dad would say. Um, For me... I got out of that phase when I was about 18. You know, some things happened in my life um, that really kind of made me look up from the pit and say, you know what, I think my parents are pretty smart. You know, there's probably a reason why they said to do this, this, this. And now, you know where that gets you? When you're 23 years old, you go to bed at 9 o'clock. Hey, (laughs) that's me. Hey. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But hey, you you live in a house by yourself and you have all, I mean. But. You're good. But. Take into account the wisdom that, you know, and let's just not even say parents. Let's just say whoever you look up to in your life. They're not nagging you. They're not trying to be in your business. They're not, they just care. And they're trying to to get you to avoid the mistakes that they made. It doesn't have to be a parent. It can be, you know, a friend that you get tired of listening to nag. It could be your grandparents. It could be, you know, whoever. But most of the time, they've got your good intentions in mind. So that's just in verse 8 saying, you know, the wisdom that our parents try to instill in us, it's actually wisdom. You know, it's not just pointless riffraff that we think when we're the hood rats at 16 and 17 years old, or that I was, I guess. You know, me and my dad fought a lot because he would say one thing and it would absolutely tick me off. And I would just do whatever I could to make him mad. 
No, no, that's a true story. He could listen to it and be like, yeah, we're good now. We're tight. Um, <laughs> but, um, and then in verse nine, this, this graceful garland that is around your neck. What is that? And as Jackson kind of said, we don't, we don't talk about garlands and, and pendants and, and all these things, but think about a Christmas tree. You know, you decorate this Christmas tree with ornaments and then if you're, and some people, some people don't use garland and that's okay, but my family has, you know, my, even my tree at my house now has garland on it, but you go to Walmart or wherever and you buy garland and that makes your Christmas tree kind of pop. And when you walk in, your eyes are drawn to it because it's not just green. It's not going to blend in that they purposely give it colors, they give it sparkle, they give it all these things, so you literally can't miss it. And that's what he's saying here. The wisdom that we are being told, the wisdom that you know people we look up to instill into us, if we listen, it should be unrecognizable. It should be something that you look and you say, you know, this kid's got some sense. Or... You know, and, and maybe they make fun of you. I have been made fun of. I don't care a bit to, in the world to say that people call me an old man. They call me uptight. They call me whatever. But it's kind of a compliment because they don't see me in the uh, mugshots either or the paper for DUIs or at parties. You're not going to catch me there because I listen to people who are smarter than me. And we talked about last week understanding that you are not the smartest person in the room. And that's exactly what's being said here. Listen to people that you look up to. Listen to people that have more experience than you. Not because they just want to hear themselves talk or because they're trying to be in your business. It's because they care. It's like, hey, don't go do this. And don't be like me and say, well, why? Think about it. Make your own decision. You're an adult, most of us that are listening. But make your own decision. But at least listen. And if you form your life around this wisdom, it's going to be just like the garland that's in verse 9. Unrecognizable. You're going to be able to look at that and say, holy cow, this person's got a, he- a good head on their shoulders. This person is really, has really paid attention. And then in verse 11, you kind of, or 10 going into 11, you kind of get this image in your head. My son, if sinners entice you. Now, let's take a second and define the word entice. And it is to tempt, to allure, um, to lure somebody in, to attract. You know, let's be honest, guys. Everything that glitters isn't necessarily gold. You know, there are a lot of things in my life that mean nothing to me. But when I was 16 and 17 years old, it was everything. Because... I wasn't living the way that I should. But now you look at it and you go, why would anybody do that? Why would anybody say that? Why would anybody act like that? You know, but it's exactly what, what he mentions here. It says, my son, if sinners entice you, don't listen to them. Don't consent. If they say, come with us, um, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Um, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive. And, and all these, these phrases, you're like, man, this is, this is, this is crazy. Like I would never let us lie and wait for the blood of somebody else. Guys, it's, it's all sin. You know, Hey, let, let's, 
go to so-and-so's house and let's drink underage and, and let's pass out in the lawn. Let's, let's go do this. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. You know, it's not necessarily just the verbiage that he uses. It's, this is God's way of saying, hey, don't be enticed by the world. Don't listen to everybody that says everything is cool. It's probably not. You know, my favorite thing in the world to do, honestly, is sit at my house, have like all the laundry done, the house is clean, light candles, and sit. I don't have to have the TV on. I can literally just exist on the couch, and I'll be on my computer or reading, reading something on my iPad or whatever. I would take that over a night in Nashville any day of the week. Amen. <laughs> like, give me a Swanson from Vertical. Oh, now we're talking. A little popcorn, because I love popcorn. That's my, my thing right now. I eat popcorn every night. Oh, so oh. It's, it's such a good snack. But Low calories. It's well, awesome. I get movie theater butter. Okay, I'm, I would. I would. I would take my. <laughs> it's not like I take my statement. It's not back. that healthy, but I, but I'm saying like, I would take that over anything. Like sit inside and watch it rain. Sold. Oh my gosh, it rained today, and I just wanted to do nothing. <laughs> but all of that to say, and I'm not just you know making myself transparent, but you wouldn't have caught me, or ca- you wouldn't have caught me dead doing that. You know, five, six years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. Like anything I could do to get out of the house, especially when I was younger. You know, I loved my parents and moving out at 18 was the best thing that ever happened to me. But anything I could do to not be there is exactly what I wanted. I didn't care what it was. You know, we're going to roll somebody's yard. I'm in. Smash somebody's mailbox. Sold. Seriously. Like anything in the world to get me away, get me with my friends, let me go waste all this gas money that I just worked this week to earn, like, I'll do whatever you want. And that kind of stuff just doesn't... Now, I'm not saying it's a sin, necessarily, you know, to go out and hang out with your friends, depending on what you're doing. Some of the things I was doing was simple, but, you know, the things that entice me now are... Hey, Dylan, I'm going to give you an extra four hours of, on this Saturday, and you can you do two loads of laundry. Man, heck yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I get extra laundry time. No one knows the thrill of folding warm sheets. Oh, I'm done. But, <laughs> but, Don't trace the rabbit. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the more you age and the more you mature, there's just things that, that don't matter. But in the heat of the moment, you're, you're so enticed, you're so intrigued, you're so devious even to say that you'll do it. You don't care. And you don't even see yourself falling deeper and deeper and deeper into this pit chasing something that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you're chasing this golden stone or whoever, and you get down there, and it's fake. And it, it means nothing. And you look back up and you go... How on earth did I even get here? You know, how on earth did I even find myself in this place? Right? Um, in verse 13, he's continuing, but we shall find all the precious goods 
and fill our houses with plunder. You know, what does plunder mean? I looked that up too. And plunder is like, let's go steal this stuff and we'll have everything that we need. We'll have everything that you could ever imagine and fill your house with riches and money and, and all these things. Guys, it's, it's sin. Chase, chase a life, take the easy way out and you can have everything you ever wanted. You know, it's not true. You know, you see all these people, you know, Fortune 500 company CEOs and Playboy and all this stuff. And you read about, like, the people who actually run these businesses. And they are multi-billionaires. But at the end of the day, they have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. Because what is enticing them isn't something from God. I'm not saying it's all of them. Okay, but they sit down at the end of the day, and if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you have nothing. You've been chasing something that isn't even worth it. Um, and it says in verse 15, my son, again, making it very personal, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. Now, here's I like the way the ESV is translating this because it says hold back your foot from the path. You know, if you're saying that, you're basically saying that that path has already been taken. You know, I used to work at a, at a corn maze in high school, you know, on the, in the fall. And it was so funny because as the season went along, you could go through and figure out exactly how to get through it. Because you would see which paths had been taken more. But what's hilarious is you get to a split and the right-hand side of it is just absolutely beaten down. It's dirt. It's mud because there's been so much foot traffic through there. And then the other side, totally grown up. Nobody's really walked through there. But in reality, that was actually the better way to go. They just took a long way around. Yeah, I still got them out. But they took the long way around. When actually, if you would have had a little bit of faith, take the other path. And it would have gotten you out about 10 minutes quicker. You know, but people make decisions and we see this path that's been taken and taken and trodden and trodden. And we're like, oh, we're just going to, we're just going to go with everybody else. If they're going, I'm going. No, that is a hundred percent the wrong way to look at it. You know, don't take the path that everybody else is taking because Nine times out of ten, especially in like a younger generation, the path that's more trodden is the path of sin. You know, the path that's more trodden is the people that are falling into this pit and they don't even know it. But the path that's, that actually is the most important takes a little bit of faith. It looks a little bit harder in the beginning, but he's saying take, don't, don't take the path you know, hold back your foot from this path that's been trodden and go a different way. You know, because for their feet, verse 16, their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own life. So, and that, and that seems interesting that the writer is using this this phrasing here because it says... They make their own ambush for their. They, they set their own trap for their life. You know, 
who in their right mind would set a trap for themselves? And that that's it's kind of an oxymoron. Because if I'm, you know, walking through the woods or whatever, the last thing I want to do is get trapped. So why on earth would I set one for myself? And that's what's what he's saying here is it, it happens so quickly that you don't even realize what you've done. You know, you spiral down this 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 path of sin, this path of of no wisdom, chasing things that don't matter, and now you set a trap for yourself because you don't notice it until you're strung up in the net. Or as verse 19 says, um, such as the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain, it takes away the life of its possessions. Guys, living a life of sin, chasing this glittering, this this amazing lifestyle, this this thing that the world says is the greatest thing in the world, and you chase it and you seek it and you dedicate your life to it, you turn around and you have no life. You turn around and it, and everything you've worked for doesn't matter. And so what's amazing is you read these Proverbs and it's telling you, you know, take this path of wisdom. Embrace this life of Holtman. Embrace the wise path. Not maybe not maybe not the one that's always traveled or more frequently traveled, but take the path that takes a little bit more faith, a little bit more effort, and you're gonna set yourself up for a life in eternity with God. And that's what my mind thinks about every day. You know, when I was a teenager it was you know, how clean can I make my truck look so that way it looks more expensive and people will think I'm something? Or, you know, how hard can I work to make this money so that way I can be seen and, and people will think I'm, I'm something? And what can I do? Where can I go that people will see me and they'll think I'm, you know, all these things. And now, you know, five, six, seven years later, it's, what can I do to prepare myself to have a relationship with Jesus that lasts forever? You know, what can I do to to be in heaven sitting at his right hand and asking him questions? You know, that's what that's what the life of wisdom is. It's not how can I make myself bigger here? It's how can I elevate Jesus so that one day I'm sitting at his feet. That that's what we should be focused on. And the world tells us that none of that matters. You know, I read a comment on Facebook that absolutely made me sick. And it was somebody we both know. But they're mad because in Knoxville, which is a town close to here, they have passed a bill to where, or a law or whatever, that Bible classes are going to be taught in the school. And you can take it as an elective course, but you'll get credit for it. But that you can go and have a class over the Bible. Huh. Not not religion. It's not a religion class. It is the Bible. Huh. Well, that sounds cool. And there was a lady on there today on Facebook. I was reading it. And she was mad because the school system is pushing religion on her children. 
and then in the comments I was reading through some I don't get engaged in all that mess I don't care but I was reading the comments because you know I'm always in for a good drama you know <laughs> so I was reading what was what, she was going back and forth with this woman and she said one lady said well I, I can't imagine any other book that I would want my kids to be reading um, besides the Bible and she said, well, you may think the Bible is, is amazing, but I think the Bible is full of lies and deceit. Made me sick. I wanted to get back in there and be like, lady, what is wrong with you? But that's what the world depicts a relationship with, with God like. You know, they say it doesn't matter. They say it's, you know, the Bible's full of lies and deceit. But really, <laughs> it's like Jesus is up in heaven saying, please, you know, I'm, I'm begging you, think about what you're doing. Think about what you're saying, because all he wants is to have a relationship with us, and it hurts him, you know. And he's saying, live a life of wisdom. Live a life to where all you're focused on is me. And if you can do that, I'm going to give you a home in heaven. That's what a life of wisdom looks like. And not falling into the, the trap of, the world, you know, not falling into the trap of, you know, everybody that tries to entice you to go a different way. Because like I've said three times already, you are chasing something that doesn't matter. And that's what, that's what he's trying to explain to his son. And, and it's all about enticement. Guys, the world's enticing. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not. It used to be for me. You know, I'm sure it was for you too. You know, I wanted to to be a part of the drinking scene. I wanted to be a part of, you know, the rich kids and, and all these things. And I wanted to be out partying every night. That's, that's what I wanted because it looked amazing. It's not. I don't want to be there. Like I said, give me a night on my couch with Grey's Anatomy on and I'm a happy camper. So don't get caught up in your life chasing things that have no meaning. Because the only meaning that we need in our life the only calling that we should be serving is Jesus. And that's the only answer that you need. You don't have to chase fame. You don't have to beg people to like you. You don't have to change yourself to get to fit in. Because Jesus says, I want you who I want you as who you are. He made us. He knows who we are. He just wants us to spend time with him and to have a relationship with him. That's perfect. I love Proverbs, man. We're gonna have it's gonna be so long because I took these verses and went a different direction and you went the complete other well not complete other but another direction and it sounded wonderful man i cannot wait to keep going in this so we hope you have a great week we'll probably stop there yep because we have class in 14 minutes <laughs> so perfect have a great week yep see y'all in two weeks we'll talk about some more wisdom oh yeah